This is Sun Life. Welcome into your, the Sem Life Podcast. I'm your seminarian best friend, Caleb Cooster Stefan. With me, some of my most very best friends in the entire world, my seminarian brothers. Matthew Cook or Cookie. Cole Schneiders. Will Moore. And we are back at it again after a restful but maybe over too soon or too long winter break. I, I don't know. I felt both ways simultaneously that Agreed. I was ready to go back but also not ready to do structured work again, maybe on a, on a regular basis. But an excellent break. We're back at it. I think most of us have a lightened academic load, and we're hoping that we can we can churn out a couple more episodes of our favorite Sem Life podcast. I do want to give a shout out before we get too far into this to probably our number one fan, Angela Vowell, her husband, Greg, yes. uh, an amazing power couple in Coffeyville, Kansas, uh, keeping keeping our spirits alive with, with, some, with some regular correspondence and pick-me-ups, and they're just excellent. I, I think Angela listens to, to every show and is just Awesome. So thank you for your continued support, not only of us and our show, but also of vocations and, and the priesthood in general. You're just fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing. What was, what was Christmas break like? Picture picture this. <laughs> finals week. Drawing a mental picture. Yeah, finals week. I'm, I'm working on uh, working on projects, you know, papers, uh, and I'm absolutely sick. Like, like not sick, like cool sick. That cold. Ew. <laughs> not that but not like the radical kind of sick but like the like the uh, I'm, I'm wearing uh, two sweaters a long sleeve a cap gloves and three pairs of pants around the house I'm still confused because that sounds pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> it really depends on whether you had the, the color coordination with that or not and how much denim on denim is it play on I think that would really determine because that's back isn't it Denim's back. Uh, you, you're looking at Will. I don't know. If I don't know. You know. I don't. I'm just really big into fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Will's wearing a blanket right now. Uh, Tell me more about how you felt that finals week. I, I felt rather horrible, but I had to type up a 10-page philosophy paper, which turned out rather well. I'm very proud of how it turned out uh, that week. Anyways, going into Christmas break, I had this for about another week, and then came around to the Totus Tuus lock-in, which was fantastic. But I. Pretty sure I re-sickened myself during those two days, three days, as and I was sick for another probably half a week or so. Got on some antibiotics and got right back to it. Uh, amongst other things, I had some really good conversations with some friends. Had several four-hour conversation, four-hour coffee conversations. It's really cool. Did you drink coffee during those four-hour conversations, or was there just coffee present? Because I know you're not normally a coffee guy, so <laughs> I gotta just wonder. You're correct at saying that, and my dad will be laughing now because he knows that doesn't. <laughs> uh, in one of those conversations, I had it was called loaded oatmeal, which was just anything you can put in oatmeal and put it in there. Really good. It had a lot of brown sugar. The second time, you'll be proud of this, Caleb and my dad, who's probably <laughs> listening. I had an americano. There's a 12 ounce mm. americano, and it was pretty good. I think you're going to be a coffee drinker by the end of this semester. We're going to I'm going to have our news have our news department keep a very close eye. I'm going to call up my buddy Flap Jackson and have him keep a very close eye on on further developments within this. Is he going to be waking me up periodically so I have to just I w- doing check-ins maybe not. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'll talk to him. We'll see what we'll see what he thinks for sure. That last that last week of finals week was a long week. It I was, think I yeah. I spent too much time trying to edit those last two episodes of the podcast, and so that put me with this paper that was due on Friday. Me doing Friday, uh, a pretty good amount of it that last day of finals week. So I was just grinding to the end. It was great, <laughs> and then I went the next day. That, which is crazy about the academic because before I was in seminary, I was in a job. Like I, I, had, I was in community college for a while and then I got a full-time job and there wasn't, you just worked. And then the next day there was still work to do and there was never this time where you were done working. But in the, in the academic world, one day you have literally everything to do and the next day and nothing, you're good. Yeah. That's, it was a, it's still wild to me. Yeah. Still wild to me. Cole, how was your break? Yeah, speaking of nothing to do, the the best part of my, my break was all the reading I did with good my for you. dogs in my lap. Good for <laughs> you. <laughs> so that that was peak break was I, I had a cup of coffee in my hand. I had a C.S. Lewis book in my lap and two dogs also in my lap. So peak break. You know, you don't realize how tired you are of seminary and education and the grind of daily life until you don't have any of that. <laughs> I'm the same way, but then I missed it. And it was a whole of like, well, what, what do I do to re to keep a sense of rhythm in my life just so that I, I don't fall off the tracks completely. And it turns out one of my mom's favorite, I don't know. I was thinking, I was talking with Will the other day about the hobbies of our parents. And I le- le- legitimately think one of my mother's most attended to hobbies is her prayer life, which is, crazy and awesome and good but we we actually had a lot in common because i'd be sipping my coffee praying office and she'd be in the lazy boy next to me also in office on her phone (laughs) in the morning so it was that's pretty cool odd to me like i 10 years ago that's not where i would have seen myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to get enough coffee and us to drive safely to 7 30 mass in el dorado (laughs) before before going on on our day yeah Yeah. good will how's your break uh my break was really wonderful um I was able to find some work for over Christmas break, so I was able to work quite a bit, and that helped with keeping me busy and focused. Yeah. That I'd have yeah. something fairly regular that would um, I had to be at, and just that scheduling. Right. Um, all my family was in town, which was wonderful. Uh, very busy, kind of hectic sometimes. Um, but by the end, I was ready to get back to mm-hmm. the structure and rigor of seminary life. Something that that I got to do some of was. I went bowling a lot more than I thought I would between oh, different gross. seminarians and priests and friend groups. So my, my friend group back from Channel 12 is bowling now. They're in a bowling league. And so to hang out with them, I went and watched them bowl. What a sad way to live. Well, they, they had a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun going there. I don't love bowling. That's not a thing that I love. And then we, we met up once. A group of, group of house guys met up and bowled. And then apparently the cool new thing for a lot of the younger priests in the diocese is to meet up on their Monday day off and bowl. They've got a pretty good deal cut and they, they all, they've got their, we get, we just got trounced. We met up before Bishop's Bishop Christmas party. Okay. There was uh, Nolan and I and, and Hayden and I think Dylan, Dylan Cott was there. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, Dylan Cott. Uh, you can see <laughs> them on your handy seminarian poster. You've got your to poster your next to yeah. you. So they're, <laughs> Very tight. Yeah, just just yeah. above us because they, they've got the collars on. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, they, 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 the priest kicked our, kicked our booties. They're mm. good bowlers and we were not. Huh. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. 
I spent more time bowling for sure yeah. than I thought. But it was it was good to just have some completely unstructured voluntary time to be to be hanging out and being with people. So that was really cool. And speaking of uh, hanging out with the priests of our diocese, I think Cole could, could share this sentiment. Uh, we, we served the midnight mass at uh, St. Francis of Assisi. Oh, any fire this time? I know our, our readers are, our readers, our listeners are, are very, are, have been on the edge of their seats since we left for Christmas break, watching the newspaper, the Catholic Advance, <laughs> looking for Chris Riggs' latest, latest reporting on, uh, on fires at, at St. Francis of Assisi. Uh, no. How do we do this year? Uh, very good, actually. They, so the candles that originally caught myself on fire we're no longer on the altar this Christmas. <laughs> Father Lee's learned his lesson. I don't know if there's any connection, but I'm assuming there is. Um, yeah, several. I heard uh, many jokes before I made it up to that altar from different people about catching myself on fire. Uh, but anyways, afterwards we were invited. We got invited over to the, we get to the rectory, oh, nice. um, and we were just able to hang out with the priest. There was a bit later, so we could. I, I didn't stay too long. I don't know. I don't know how long. Cole stayed. But. Yeah, I just stayed till like two in the morning, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a midnight mass. Cut me some slack. Okay, um, yeah. But, you know, it's just really cool. You know, I, I said it all last semester. I don't think I ever said it on the show, but seminarians are just like, or wait, priests are just like older seminarians. Like there's not yes. really much of a difference in what we're interested in because in about 10 minutes, they were already talking about theology and philosophy and going all over a range of books that they recently read. And I was kind of left in the dust and I... That's probably why I started reading so much. <laughs> yeah. But just very, very good fraternal time to hang out with priests and be like, this is what priests actually do is they hang out and just chat around and then they all go to bed and get ready for mass the next day. So very good time. Uh, this is a, a breaking news update. This is Flap Jackson from the Big Frog 1099. I am uh, just popping in here with a, with a quick update. I did just receive my assignment on, uh, on uh, the, the Cook Coffee Initiative, so I'm going to be keeping a close eye on that. But this is not about that. Where's my where's my sheet here? Let's see. It, uh, oh, my. It says here. It says here there is a talk of a zombie outbreak in Hennessy House. Let me get this a little bit clearer. There are zombies. There's a dog running around talking to the zombie. This is all very confusing. I got to tell you, I am not really following... I thought I would have. This is dated several days ago, and so I'm just a little bit confused as to what uh, what this could be about. But keep an eye out there for the zombies. Now, thanks, Flap, for that for that uh, that update. I don't really know. Was he talking I, did about? You, well, you guys were just over at Hennessy, right? Yeah. Did you see any zombies? I'm not a zombie. Cook, are you a zombie? Know. No. Oh, he's back. Oh. Uh, this is uh, another breaking news update. Uh, this is Flap Jackson for the Big Frog 1099. Something, uh, something big. That's the sister station of this show. It's beyond the normal bandwidth of your everyday normal FM radio. 1099. So that's where the news department resides. But I gotta tell you, this just in. It turns out the zombie thing, false alarm, it's just a board game. Just a board game called The Dead of Winter. So don't stress it. Thanks. Thanks, Flap Jackson. Always... Always a pleasure to have you here and to, to keep us up with the very latest on the goings-on. I think that was a board game from oh, uh, oh just under a week ago now, so it's great that yes. we can. Yes. It's very timely and very very on. A lot of fun, though. It the, was, yes. the, the Dead of Winter. What, tell us a little bit about that, maybe. So the, the, the game is, uh, at the very beginning, you're all handed like an objective card, um, and uh, it basically says whether you are uh, trying to you have your colony you're all in the same colony survive 
or there's a trader card. Um, and the goal is to make sure the colony doesn't survive. Uh, turns out in our game, there was two traders, uh, myself and Cole. Oh, I was so mad. And I Cook, was so mad you because, know. And so mm. we're, we're uh, pretending to be a colony trying to survive the, the zombie survival outbreak. And so you have to gather different supplies and you're looting these places and you're always in danger of a zombie attack and a bite. And within the colony, there I thought there were no traders. Nobody was doing anything really suspicious. There were some new people, so we were trying to explain as we went. And then suddenly at the end, we're one round from the end. We can maybe barely pull this off. And the next thing I know, Cook starts doing some really weird stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, he's a traitor. And so he did all he could. But I'm like, okay, we can still do this. We can pull this off. And so we're talking about and trying to map it up. Cole is up next. He he starts to go, and we've got we've got it all planned out. But then Cole does I, does a couple does a couple I odd things. I did and one odd thing. I double, one, triple, quadruple checked. Is it okay to put this new person into the settlement? And everyone agreed except for Cooster. And I'm like, okay. I don't I don't think that's a I don't think that's a good call. But I was being as cognizant as I could. Now, this was to my not first time play playing. the game mm -hmm. for other people. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm not gonna tell you what you have to do. But I'm like, that's a bad call. And it was my first time playing, and I thought, you know what? We need it. And that's not what I was actually thinking, because I was also a traitor. <laughs> um, and so this is my last-ditch attempt to lose the game for everyone else, but do it in the most sneaky way possible by pretending that I'm helping them. And it was so good, because I thought he was just ignoring me and playing in a dumb way, because it was first time, like, cool, that was a, oh, that was a bad move. I was a little frustrated with him. And then it turns out he was a traitor all along, but it didn't matter because both um, Tomas and Jacob had did all they could, sacrificing their own personal objectives for the good of the colony. And then and, and I, Caleb I, was I, the only I one. I pulled out the victory. Caleb was the and, only and one. And why that did won. you pull out the victory? Was it because a certain someone tried to tried to play Bev? <laughs> hmm? Was that was a certain someone me who tried to play Bev, and then you won because of Bev? I mean. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the short answer is yes. You're welcome. But if Cook hadn't been a traitor either, we would have been fine because these people would have lived and I would have still had my objective. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a wild ride. It was a lot of fun. A great game. Took a while. Yeah. You know, speaking of games, what, do we, what did we think about that Chiefs game that we just had? We're <laughs> sad? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I left in the middle. Because here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. My family's been a Chiefs fan for. We're, we're a Chiefs family. We'd, we'd watch them on Sunday. They'd always lose, and we would usually all kind of fall asleep by the middle of it. And that was just, it was just what we did. So we were Chiefs fans, but maybe not super invested. And so this whole season, as we've talked about with fantasy, I thought maybe this was going to be the year I really care about football. It it wasn't. It, it was not. And so we, we get to this point. I'm like, man, these Chiefs are doing so good. I saw their last game. Oh, no, we didn't see their last game because we were in silent retreat. Yeah, we were in silent retreat. Mm -hmm. So they make it to the championship game, and I'm watching them, and they were just playing really well. And it was a, it was a good back and forth, and, and uh, our defense was bad, but that's nothing new. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was awesome, and that was really cool to see, and we mm -hmm. lost. But it was in overtime, and it was a, I, I'm, I guess I'm not as maybe emotionally invested in it as, as anybody else. The championship game is... That's awesome. Good for them. Yes. Maybe, maybe more of the story was the spread on the folding oh, table man. outside I'm the rec room. I'm still thinking about that spread. I just want some more wings. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. What what all did we have cook between well, between the two of our cooking uh, finesses? So what did we bring to the table? Cole did I'll let Cole do it, did what he did in a second here. <laughs> um Jesus and I have been wanting to do ever since last semester we wanted to do some wings. We were planning on doing it for Super Bowl. Realized championship would be a great time to do it. Um, it's a great first try. I think we're going to do that again during Super Bowl. But we made Louisiana hot sauce wings, which only Jesus and I ended up liking. It was way too much. You walk into the kitchen and you, you, you're just coughing. You're coughing because of all the, the pepper in the air. I, it was I, in my lungs. I, I walked down to check on to check on our cooks because the game was going on. And, and I'm like, uh, well, I just want to make sure everything's going. I just walk in and I go... <coughs> <laughs> I try to talk and I take a breath. <coughs> it was great. It wasn't my it wasn't my style. Maybe we also made some buffalo wings and some uh, teriyaki. And uh, for Cooster's request, this next time I think we're gonna make some barbecue. That's more my speed. <laughs> and we had little Smokies, meatballs, um, my famous corn dip, queso dip. We had a veggie tray. You know, just a lot of food. Uh, and uh, frozen pizza. Oh, frozen, frozen pizza. pizza. Oh, and Mots, loaded potato skins. Mozzarella it was too sticks, much food. Lots of dips. I have an idea. Do hmm. we want to do a uh, a seltzer water sponsored play of the game? I don't know if you have music for that, <laughs> but I want to talk about Father Baldwin had the play of the game where he called the interception. <laughs> and now the Kroger seltzer water play of the game. Father Mike Baldwin of the Wichita Dice of Wichita made a psychic call. He said, man, I really wish we'd have an interception right now. <laughs> and you know what happened? They got an interception. I don't know which team, but they did. They sure did. And this has been the Kroger's Seltzer Water Play of the Game. <laughs> hey, well, can I just hear that Father Mike Baldwin voice just one more time? Just let me, let me just like, man, I really oh. wish they'd make an interception right now. It <laughs> doesn't sound like him at all. I think we need to we need to workshop that once more. But I, I, I was there for this for yeah. this moment and it was incredible because the uh, the pa- the pats are driving down the field and it's oh no, it's trouble, it's trouble. And he just he gets this kinda just a little frustrated, man, we could use an interception right now. And I kinda turned to look at him and as I'm turning back, I mean he's finishing his sentence. And, the ball. and Brady throws it to this other guy, to, to a Chiefs guy, yeah. who then runs it back. It was, I lost my mind. Yeah, I was, lost my mind. He's, we, we were going, we, we screamed really loud. He he was the MVP, at least for the Chiefs defense. He was the, <laughs> <laughs> the most valuable player Amazing. on the defense, and that that has been the Kroger Seltzer Water Play of the Game. They don't officially sponsor the podcast, but we wish they would. They could. They, well, I don't know. If, I, mean, I don't know what the rules are on that. We drink enough Kroger seltzer water. We have enough Kroger at that. Yeah, I mean, like chips look, we consume. We might. We might contact them. <laughs> or no, could, really, they they'll probably contact they us. Contact they, us. <laughs> they'll, I'm they'll waiting for us. a call. Just we need to maybe maybe we just need more product placement on this show if we got a, our, our our bag of our bag of our favorite our favorite Kroger private selection barbecue <laughs> chips that we're just talking about how. Gosh darn good they are! Oh, they're just so good. Can't help myself. Every <clears throat> every podcast we have our own. What our take on a Kroger commercial should be <laughs> on the radio, just to start it out. And the hopes that a Kroger rep overhears and contacts us because of our amazing advertising. And, and, and so, a we'd get the sponsorship. B we could land maybe an ad agency kind of side <laughs> gig. Yeah, is that can that be a summer job, Father I, Chad? If you're listening, <laughs> Will and I are looking, and the whole podcast crew are 
We're looking at expanding, maybe. So. And if a Kroger, we'll talk. We'll talk later, Father. Yeah, don't worry about responding right now on the show because <laughs> you haven't heard this yet. And, and yeah. If, if a Kroger representative is listening, please call one two three four five six seven eight nine ten and eleven. That sounds like a made-up number, especially because your last couple digits there were two-digit on the number. Well, is there a reason? No, we, Will. He oh. studies philosophy. We don't do numbers here. Well, if you if you're Saint uh, Saint Augustine in Saint Augustine or in Pythagoras that, or Pythagoras, you're reading some Pythagoras yeah, right now. That's Cole. the arche. Is numbers first principle? Yeah. Numbers are super important because they're abstract and they're very real, but you can't touch them. Five represents marriage, you know? Did you know that? Was I, I don't know, know that. that. What was this quote? It was numbers get denigrated because it's easier to count than to be wise. <laughs> yes, yeah. I can count things, but no, I'm not wise. So thank you, St. Augustine. But it's, it's every person has access to these this abstract reality that is, exists and is super real and is the essence of what it means to be ordered. And order is beautiful. And so we all have access to beautiful things in our ability to count. I think there's there's something there, guys. I think we're making fun of the numbers too much. We could do we could do a segment all in numbers. One. Seven. That's the perfect number. Eight. I can count. <laughs> Beats your not wise. wise. Okay. Let's just have a little movie. Let's just have a little yeah, movie, movie a little session. movie breakdown. Oh boy. A little movie breakdown. Welcome, welcome to the show, Jacob McGuire. Well, hello. Jacob McGuire. First, uh, where are you from, Jacob? Well, I'm from Cherokee, but you already knew that. So. Well, but the audience does it. Oh, I can't see them right now, you know. That's <laughs> how it's set up. But audience, if you have your handy dandy seminarian poster right next to you, you can see Jacob. That is Jacob McGuire. Is, would you just guess? If, if Jacob could uh, point out where he is on the poster for those of you who have the poster, that's the, the recommended way to listen to this podcast is to have the poster next to you. If you could describe his placement, that'd be awesome. My, my only problem is I don't have a poster, so I'm just going to say more towards the bottom. Well, that's okay because we are making the show, not listening to it. Um, we, we don't have to follow along. We just have to make art. And it's real, art is actually really easy, I found out. You just do it. <laughs> Regardless, Jacob McGuire from Cherokee, Kansas, mm -hmm. which is the southeast part of the diocese, underrepresented, I think, on our show. So very glad that you're here. Um, tell us, we're talking movies a little bit. Tell us a little bit about this movie we watched the, the other night. Unbreakable? Uh, Unbreakable. Unbreakable, yeah. Well, personally, I think it's a really nice breath of fresh air when it comes to superhero movies because um, it's, just, it's just a lot slower. It's not just, well, you know, I got superpowers. I guess I better go save the world now. It, it feels like a lot more realistic take on it. And that's uh, M. Night Shalaman, Shalamalama is what I call him, Shamalam? Sh Sh Honestly, it sounds M. like Night you're saying his name right. <laughs> everyone, everyone has their own way of saying the twist guy. M. Night, Sh Sh M. Night Shalom. I don't, I, and I just get worried halfway through the name that, I, that I'm going to butcher the end. And I, then I, I think the proper way is done. Shyamalan. That sounds good. That sounds real good. So I'll let you say it. I don't and even then, know if I'm saying it right. And, and then I won't. But that's from like 2000, 2001. 2000. Yeah, it was... Almost twenty years ago, I gotta tell you, having watched so many Marvel movies, I'm I agree with you. It was just really cool to not have this be a very predictable plot structure where someone has superpowers, goes out, does the cool thing, and there's an explosion, and the bad guy loses, and that's the end. We ended up watching this because Father, the, they're making a 
it's the, the third it's already line. in it's theaters right now glass go buy go uh go watch it oh, please, please sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> what's this uh broly you guys were talking about i have no idea oh well me cole and a few of the other guys went and saw it and i was really glad to go see it uh it's the newest iteration in the dragon ball series they finally come oh. out with a whole bunch of movies and surpri- what surprised me was they actually had it in theaters that, I wasn't expecting that at all. To be to be released, uh-huh. re- released with such a and wide, so a wide I was going to go watch it with some friends uh, back home, and then I realized, oh, wait, I'm not going to be there when this comes <laughs> out. So I'm like, wait a minute, I'll be in Wichita where there's more theaters other than the one in Pittsburgh, <laughs> so I have a better chance of going and seeing this. But uh, it was good. We had to be on the second row, which isn't the worst theater experience I've had. I went and watched The Force Awakens in the front row. As, and, as you just, and that and that never got me. In, hurts. Yeah, that was yeah, bad. It didn't yeah. get me until the very end where they did the nice, real big spinning shot, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but Broly, pretty, pretty good, interesting. You know, I He's came in seeing exactly what I wanted to see, which was <laughs> a lot of fists fighting and a lot of screaming. And screaming and screaming and more power levels. If you've ever watched Dragon Ball, I haven't. I gotta be real. Most people probably haven't, unless you're in my age group with Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) But it was awesome. Well, I did something on the opposite end of the spectrum from that the other night. I went to the the Wichita Symphony. Um, There were no explosions, no fighting. No. I imagine it was dramatic, though. There was some drama. There was some. it It was my first orchestra experience. And I got to tell you, I enjoyed it so much that I'm terrified that I'm becoming the people I've made fun of most of my life. Like I those think that happens to all of us. <laughs> I've become what I've made fun of the most. Have you been praying for humility? <laughs> yeah. People who, oh, I went down to the symphony and just had a marvelous time, darling. It was marvelous. It was marvelous. The expression on that piano was outrageous. Oh my. That was basically the conversation I had last night when I got back. She just did such a good job on the piano. She was great. It was it was really good, but mm. I'm I think I'm growing up. Is that what this feels like a little bit? <laughs> Twenty five years old and 24. all grown up. Oh jeez. <laughs> I can't help it I'm the oldest. It just happens. Mm-hmm. You'll understand when you're older, Cole. Speaking I'll of, take you to the symphony. <laughs> speaking of people that we idealize, let's talk about Will Moore. Oh, Will Moore. I'm so glad you could be here for this segment, Will. I just want to say, I didn't know there was a segment about me. I thought the podcast was over when I came over here. And they're like, hey, want to be part of this podcast? I say, sure. Thinking, this is going to be fun. And then next thing I know, this happens. Well, we want to talk a lot about Will Moore, clearly. He's He's a genuine specimen. I'll take that as a compliment, I guess. So anyway, Will Moore, could you tell us about the Will Moore challenge that you did not name, come up with, or want us to follow you in doing? But it's a challenge I'm on. Mm-hmm. Me too. And Cookie, are you on the Will Moore challenge? Indeed I am. Yeah. What's the Will Moore challenge, Will? Uh, I find this because we weren't really going to ask you about this, but since you're here, it seems weird for anybody else to talk about <laughs> the Will Moore challenge because you're, that's, you're that's, standing right here next to me. It's interesting that you said that because I was going to say, I find it odd that I'm talking about it because I did not design this challenge. Uh, I just simply think it's more, it's more practical and it's a, it's a good thing to make use of the, the food that we have here at the house so I don't spend money and go eat out. So last sem- semester, I don't think I, uh, at least during the school year, 
ever went out to eat at any fast food or just didn't buy any food at all um, because we, we get it most of it provided at the house, um, mm-hmm. which That's is really true. cool. That's true. Um, so come to find out this semester, uh, several <laughs> of the guys say, we're doing the Will Moore challenge. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> That's my name. And I didn't know I had a challenge. Um, and that's what they've, they've, uh, taken to trying out this semester. Yeah. So I've had to really discern, um, <laughs> does, does supporting a club at Newman that is selling me egg rolls count as breaking the Wilmore challenge? And I think we've decided that yes, it does. But I also bought a whole bunch of Tolkien books, and I realize I'm not eating those, so that's okay. So that's okay. And see, the thing is, what you just have to ask yourself is, would Will buy this? And that's and that's how you and that's how you take the Wilmore challenge. But I, I think specifically to to food is is okay because you, we have different personalities, so well, like the oh. objects we want. See, I'd be afraid of walking away with like three ukuleles. <laughs> <laughs> so like. Yeah. <laughs> so like the, if the yeah. if the STEM group at, at Newman decides they're fundraising through small musical instruments of varied sizes, I think we would be all those taking the challenge would be obligated to walk away with one or two. That that's probably true. <laughs> um, yeah. What, you, what did you get so, over break, Will? So I bought a guitar. So I may not be spending money on eating out, but I I did spend money on. Guitars. I think that's, that's forgivable. So one of the conversations we have, uh, some of with, with within the house and with even like my parents and with people outside the house at dinner, it's come up a lot the value of a liberal arts education or a mm-hmm. philosophical education. I wonder if as um, seminarians, seminarians amongst themselves and even maybe some priests often give the impression that the philo- the philosophical side of things is something that you just kind of have to grit your teeth and bear through before you can get to the real meat of theology. And I think there's truth to that, but mm. I-, I wonder if we can explore a little bit maybe what value there is in it. Like we're here studying this stuff for a reason. What's the, why, why, why is it a good thing? Is this something that even non-seminarians should be, mm-hmm. should be interacting with? And I think we- we've talked some about this on, on the show before, but yeah, I, I've mentioned it a few times how much I love being a liberal arts major after being a comp sci major, but it's a hard transition. It is. A, I didn't know a what a paper was. Skirt, skirt. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what what I can say um, is the the breadth of knowledge that I've had is a lot more intense, and I know what people are talking about better. I guess I don't think yeah. that's a very good way to put it, but it's true. <laughs> Like a, a greater context yeah, yeah, to yeah, yeah. to a lot of the things that get talked about. And I think half of that is you, maybe you're in more conversations where mm-hmm. um, different things are being talked about than, than maybe would have been in, in other circles that, that we run in. Yeah, and what one thing I can point to specifically is I took an intro to philosophy class last semester and we talked about Nietzsche and his philosophy. And it was brought up to us, we went to a, to a little symposium briefly and it was brought up to right. us that philosophy shapes the currents of culture whether we are willing to face it or not and Nietzsche's philosophy is literally all over just the way that we are in America in the 21st century United States of America in the 21st century the example of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger from uh, I don't know the name of this Kelly, Cl- Kelly, Cl- Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson, Clarkson yeah, yeah. How, how that originates from actually a Nietzsche Nietzsche uh, 
what what do we mean by a Nietzsche a Nietzsche mindset? What is what is that? We we see it in culture. What? Um, just kind of a general. Nothing really matters unless you choose to make it matter, and it just doesn't matter. Very anyway. very self determined, <laughs> but at the same time, your determination means nothing. Yes, and which, that, that leads to mm-hmm. kind of a bleak. Know, Mm-hmm. bleak meaningless sort of outlook sort of yeah yeah outlook on life but philosophy you know we have augustine we have our, our good boys we have plato and we love <laughs> the direction they're giving and, us and i gotta say there's probably a bunch of other great philosophers that we haven't gotten to yeah we're just pretty no only and augustine the, and plato that's the only one even, even the ones we've talked about we really don't know that much about them um we just have like a taste of philosophy. I read like three chapters of Seneca, really cool. and I think I'm a Senecaean. So whatever that I don't, means. I don't know that he had a philosophy. I don't know what I think is really cool is um, philosophy. It's it's more real than you think. Like they're talking mm. about real life. The ancient philosophers, uh, mainly like Plato, Aristotle, some of the people before that were a little bit different. But they're like, I just want to live a good life, and how do I live a good life, the best life. What does that mean? How do I become a the best human? Uh, and I think that's something that we can all relate to in some way or another. We all want to be happy and live a good life and look back, you know, when we're old and say, hey, I did a good life. I did a good job. And it pays to think about those things. Yes. The, the act of engaging in that and engaging and wrestling with, am I fulfilled? Yes, no, why not? How uh, how do people become fulfilled? What does it mean to be fulfilled? Is fulfillment possible in this life? <laughs> These are questions that matter. These are questions that are important. Speaking of grand ideas, let's go into some of our, our prayer life thoughts. Um, which Grand may not be the word for it. <laughs> which is exactly growing, what I, Growing, a, maybe. Which is exactly what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how my faith life last semester was a over-exaggeration of what I thought a seminarian should be. (laughs) Tell me more about that. So, you know, I came in last semester with these really grand expectations of I need to be holy and and I need to be perfect by the end of this first semester and I need to be ready to be a saint and die and be canonized in five years after my death, (laughs) which is way over-expecting things. And I really brought it down. You know what? Going back to philosophy. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the people who are really wise are people who know they're not wise at all. I definitely recognize I was not wise at all last semester. Um, and you know where I'm starting out at this semester and it's been really fruitful just praying about is God loves me. Yeah, I, I taught Totus Tuus, you know, Totus Tuus camp this past summer and I did a lot of retreats at K-State and just... I told kids that a lot. I told people that a lot. And it's something that a lot of people don't believe no matter how much they say it. It's something people know in their head, but don't know in their heart is, is another way to put it. Um, so that's something I've been really working on is getting to know what God's love means. Really. Uh, Father David Marstall uh, gave our silent retreat that we started off the semester with and something he ended at the last talk with or sort of concluded the last talk with is uh, he has a lot of parishioners coming in saying, I'm trying, I'm really trying. Um, and he said, nowhere in the Bible does it say try or to focus real hard. <laughs> it says remain in my love. And so that's been a, uh, a big thing I reflect on before bed or um, just throughout the day. Am I remaining in his love? And that sometimes stops, starts at the, the basic level of just my praying daily. But 
it's been a really good reflection for me. And that I think that really goes really well with what Cole just said. That, that's really true. And so what I wrestled with through that retreat and have spent a lot of time with is the idea of God being present to all of humanity and to um, a, a universal love for every person, but more importantly, God being present to this person, to me in a real way and a love mm-hmm. for me, for this person, not just for all people, though that's really true. But what, is it, what does it mean to love me and to be present for me? And it was C.S. Lewis, who we've talked a little bit about, who gave me the little nugget that, that made me really connect with that and see that. And he wrote about how people sometimes wonder how can a God pay such close attention to billions of people on earth and, and have an intimate personal connection with each of them. And well, my answer was the same as C.S. Lewis. Well, the time doesn't work the same way for God. We know that, right? But so how, how, how might that work? And so he used the analogy of an author, him being an author, that makes sense. And if an author takes a piece of paper and writes, Mary sat down by the campfire. Maybe the next sentence is, and picked up a book. There's a next little phrase in that. But there could be three years for that author thinking and mulling over about what Mary, why Mary might pick up a book, what might she do next, and just this thought and care that goes into crafting that. But in the, in the timeline of the book is seamless and just like that. And that's so simple and intuitive and no duh, but that was really allowed me to click and go, yeah, we do that all the time and not even think about it, about this different sense of, of time and, and action. And um, so I, I really have been, been praying with that of God being present to me in this moment in a real way, not just a way that's talked about. Something really interesting, um, and it kind of is a little bit different stuff, a new take on a lot of things that I've heard before. Um, but Christianity is not just a way of life where you, you know, do these certain actions, follow these rules, and but it's at its heart a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Right. And it's not a, a relationship, or it is a relationship. That means it's it's a it's a personal thing. It's not knowing a lot about um, memorizing facts. It's a very personal relationship that is human at its fundamental. And that's what your, your, your prayer needs to stem from that. Um, what, what Cook was saying is that you abide in God's love. It's a loving relationship. And that's basic, like the, the basics of prayer. And that was something that I really kind of taken to heart a little bit. And just the, the, the idea that my, the interior life has to be the foundation of the rest of my other life. And that my other interactions, the quality of everything else that I do will change correspondingly with the amount of attention I apply to that relationship with yeah. Christ uh, with the with the interior life and that's really what I took from this beginning silent retreat and and wanting to move forward in the semester is this a new new focus on this um, relationship with Christ and making that the center of my day and everything flowing from that so I, I think that will just about do it for our podcast. I want to go out to some to some music. I think that's a, a cool way to end it. Will you play something on the piano for us, Will? I would love to. What What do you think you might play? Uh, this song, I'm going to play just the beginning of Maybe I Don't Know by John Bellion. Excellent. So we have we have a piano sitting down here in our in our podcast room. It's a little out of tune, 
but it's a real honest to goodness piano and it's but that'll do it for us if you have any questions for our show we've got a lot of cool ideas that we're that we're looking at for future shows this semester so make sure that you are are listening in you can email us at semlifepodcast at gmail.com any any questions comments criticisms be kind though I say that like we get a lot of scathing criticism. <laughs> Nobody's ever said anything bad about us. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, and with that, we'll, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and now forever. And forever.